everybody to the nations worldwide, and it feels good to be saying that again. This is episode 89 of the Travel Couple Podcast, where we introduce you to a couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money, living that travel lifestyle. We are your hosts, Mike Plutz, and tune in every Monday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle, get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other, and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world. This is your one-stop podcast for travel, relationship, and business goals. And today we are joined by Marissa and Mike of Two Fit Travelers. It was really good to get back into things with interviewing couples from around the world and kicking it off here with Marissa and Mike and learning about getting on an airplane in today's world. It was a really great interview here. So without further ado, here's our interview with Marissa and Mike. Today, we're joined by Marissa and Mike of Two Fit Travelers. They are an American travel couple who love everything health, wellness, and fitness, and they help travelers stay healthy, something that is so difficult to do while traveling and on the road. Hello, Marissa and Mike, and welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, we're so excited to get to be a part of this and speak to your audience. Uh, we're excited to have you on the show and to, to uh, talk with the two of you. And it's been a bit since we've uh, actually done an interview, so we're excited to uh, shake off some rust with the two of you. And we want to get started to get to know more about the two of you and to give our audience a little bit of context about Marissa and Mike and Two Fit Travelers. Can you start us off by letting us know maybe how the two of you met and where things went from there that got you going with Two Fit Travelers? Sure. Yeah. As you guys were giving us an introduction, which we appreciate, by the way, uh, Marissa was pointing at me. She's like you. And she she gave me this furrowed brow look like you do a way better job ex- explaining the story than I do. He does. Yeah. So um, so long story short, Marissa and I met at a time when we were extremely busy and uh, in Urbana, Illinois, central Illinois, right kind of in the middle of the United States. And uh, either, each of us had our own kind of passion for travel, but Shortly after we met, Marissa graduated from school, and uh, we we had the opportunity, the income, to start traveling, and very quickly realized our our collective interest in traveling. And so, um, uh, with our backgrounds, yeah, before that, we uh, actually met. Uh, in Champaign when we were studying, we were both going to school. Well, I was going to school and Mike was actually working at a personal training studio. Um, like Mike said, we were both really busy and we just kind of were not really looking to date anybody. Um, there's a really funny story behind how we met uh, based on a dating app called Bumble. Uh, we did actually swipe right to meet each other. So it is a <laughs> joke in our, in our family that we met. It's a real thing. Very yeah, met on days. an app. Um, but we both weren't really looking to date other people. We were actually using the app because of influences by other people. I was on it because my friends were using it to uh, get food from guys in our school. And uh, Mike was using it because a friend had actually talked him into trying it It was like a motivation thing. Yeah. I had a client at the time who had gone through a pretty traumatic breakup before she came to see me and she was in great shape, but she, she wanted to do training to kind of rebuild her self-esteem. And so after about three or four months, she had done that. And she's like, hey, I think I'm going to start dating again. And I had uh, two other clients that were, uh, they're like business executives. And they kept giving me a hard time. Like, Mike, you need to go, you need to get on those dating apps. You need to date a grad student. You need to, you need to find someone that can keep up with your speed. So I recommended this to Lisa. And, and Lisa's like, she looked at me with like a sideways, you know, uh, kind of shrug and she goes, well, maybe if you do it and it works for you, then I'll try it. And uh, I was like, fine, I'll do it. So we, we met by accident mm-hmm. and, um, and then just hit it off from there. Yeah, we went on a couple dates uh, right away. And then right away, whenever um, we started dating, we kind of were inseparable. We dated every day for four months. We saw each other in some facet. And then I actually took a trip to Europe and uh, was studying or I was going there with my parents originally. And every single day that I was over there, I sent Mike a postcard. So it was really romantic. And then I got home and found out that every single day he had written me a note. And so it was a, a cute little uh, connection point for us that we realized that we were both super um, excited and uh, into each other. Then I actually moved to Wisconsin for school and he actually moved to Texas. 
And so we had to do a little bit of a long distance relationship there for a little bit. Um, my internship that I did in Wisconsin actually fell through because of a uh, situation where the director of the hospital that I worked at, I'm a veterinarian, um, actually was able to, or was uh, diagnosed was, with pancreatic really cancer. Sick, yeah. yeah. And so she had a cellar practice and we um, had the opportunity to move in together pretty early on in our relationship. So, so she came down to Houston Yeah, and that's how we, uh, that's where we're at now, Houston, mm -hmm. Texas. Yeah. And uh, we were riding the wave of the pandemic, just like everyone else. Yeah. And it's been a, a fun ride. We, we still like each other. <laughs> so it's going well. So where does the love of travel come into the relationship? Like, did, did one person influence the other in terms of travel? Or were you both really uh, interested in travel coming into the relationship? I think it's important to kind of differentiate between the two of us. So mm -hmm. I think for Marissa, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, she always had this travel bug. She was always thinking about getting outside of her, you know, outside of the US, outside of her bubble. And when she was in college, that was really when she was able to, like her family took some trips uh, when she was younger. But when she was in college, that was when, when she was really able to get out and see the world. She went to Thailand. She went to Belize, a couple of other places around Mexico. Yeah. So I was, I was a little bit different. I, I think naturally if, if I don't intentionally force myself out of my comfort zone, I'm okay. Kind of being a recluse mm -hmm. and my older sister, I, I give a lot of credit to my older sister. She was all about international travel. As soon as she graduated high school, she went to Richmond international college in London. She toured like 32 different countries and I thought it was cool. I didn't really connect with it. But then she got her degree in international studies, moved to Mexico, and that's where she's lived for the past 12 years. Oh, wow. And uh, it, I, when I was in the military, I wasn't really able to travel outside of, you know, duty and things like that. So once, once that term ended and I had freedom and, and the money to do so, which was really right around the time that Marissa and I met, she was like, hey, let's go travel. I was like, awesome, let's do it. You know, I can't believe I didn't think about this on my own before. I had never actually traveled internationally mm -hmm. until Marissa and I went to Mexico to visit my sister. And then from there, it was like we and we had talked about and planned out trips. I think that's kind of where I was going mm -hmm. uh, originally is right when we started dating, we were talking about the things that we wanted to do and things we wanted to accomplish and where we wanted to go. And I would I would say that travel is something that really brought us together and helped us realize, yeah, we definitely want to be together because we both want to go and explore. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. so that's really how it manifested with us together is dreaming about the future, talking about the lifestyle that we wanted to leave, uh, lead and where we wanted to go. And it's, it's so funny. Uh, we started with like our dream, look, our dream destination, New Zealand. Yeah. That was our that first, was our big, first trip big trip, two week vacation. And uh, as an entrepreneur, I had never really taken a vacation like that. I, I was hard pressed to take like a three or four day break. And even then I was probably in my phone handling emails or something like that. <laughs> so that was the first time that we both separated. We went, you know, halfway around the world, spent two weeks together. And, and then, of course, we got engaged there. So it was significant for a number of reasons. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. That's incredible. And That's really cool. we might as well start talking about your travels <laughs> now that we're on the subject. So we want to ask you, and this might be a little bit difficult given the time that we're in, but where were the two of you last? Where are you right now? And where are you going to travel to next? Okay. So where were we last at now and next? Got it. So the last big trip, believe I mean, it or not, we have flown, we've now we we use this number in and it counts like you know departing and returning flights yeah. but we've flown almost 20 times this year yeah. during the pandemic so we've wow. still been going. and we talked about that a little bit on our our podcast because that's a big element of our mission is to inspire people to travel and more more specifically adventure more it doesn't have to be a flight it doesn't have to be international travel it can just be getting out of your town or your your state even mm -hmm. Um, so we, we planned some trips. We mainly went to visit family mm -hmm. or like we got married this year. So some of the trips were related to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
And, and we did that to expose all of the, the positive things that the airlines and the travel industry were doing to help prevent the spread of COVID. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we, you know, all we see in the media is the negative. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to be on the ups, upstream side of that. Yeah. So we, we've traveled a bunch, uh, all domestically. Yes. So we, we've traveled to St. Louis a few times. Marissa has family there. We went to, uh, we flew into Traverse City, Michigan, and then up to the, the upper peninsula. So we were almost uh, up, up into Canada. Almost. <laughs> almost there. Um, we, Marissa's been to Florida. She went there for her bachelorette trip. We, have, we went to San Antonio. So a quick road trip here in, in actually twice. Mm-hmm. San Antonio twice, just for quick getaways. That's about a three-hour trip from us, a road mm-hmm. trip. Uh, did we do another road trip? I think that was it. But yeah, we, I mean, we've kind of been all over the U.S. Our most recent one we went to was, um, we went back to St. Louis to visit my parents actually last weekend. And then um, this weekend, we actually have another trip yeah. scheduled. So the end of the year is so unusual for us. Uh, October, November, December, somehow by accident, we find a way to travel almost every weekend. So St. Louis last weekend, um, you know, we're, we're in Houston now, but uh, this weekend we're going to Vegas. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, where we're going next, yeah. a friend of ours is turning 30 and she's from Vegas. So this is like, it's not, not enough just to throw a small party. We have to go back to Vegas. We have to do the whole thing. And uh, she's talking about like renting a limo and <laughs> she's very excited. it's uh it's very extra. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, and then the following weekend, we're going to Seattle. Originally it was going to be a whale watching trip, which is challenging in the colder season, mm-hmm. but also due to COVID there are no available whale watching mm-hmm. tours. So yeah. we're mainly going out there to hike and to spend time uh, with, Two, two couples. One couple is a dear friend of ours, uh, Tanner and Angel. Tanner actually stood up in our wedding. And then uh, they have a friend, Ben and Josie, that mm-hmm. we we met in passing. Not really in passing. It was mm-hmm. a around the world dinner. We did a Korean themed. Actually, Natalie, we did a Korean themed around the world dinner. Oh, it was wow. incredible. How did it was go? It was good. We it was actually, so good. it was so fun because, uh, one of our friends have, they have a jar where they have a hundred countries and they pick one out and we actually all cook a dish from that country for like a, a get together dinner party. And we made, uh, I think it's Bosam is how you say oh, it. Which oh, a yeah. Pork belly. Damn yeah. Pork. Yes. And it was yeah. very, very good. It was so we, good. We had so much fun. All of the different flavor profiles of the dish we created just blended mm-hmm. so well. It was incredible. So so we did that. And anyway, so Ben and Josie were there. So we're going to go to Seattle together and we're going to do some hiking and things like that. Yeah. And then um, our next international trip is actually, well, hopefully COVID permitting is going to be to Italy. Um, we plan- we're planning an Italian honeymoon. Uh, as Mike mentioned, we got married in August. And so we were planning a, a honeymoon in Italy, and then with all of the coronavirus travel restrictions, we had to kind of change it a little bit, and we pushed it back, which was actually really helpful. And now, hopefully, we're going to be able to go a little bit longer, depending on where the state of the world is, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and leading into this pandemic, and before we took a little bit of a hiatus with this uh, podcast, our focus was really on local travel, too. And I love that you guys were highlighting that. And also, I love that you're kind of putting, you know, the travel industry needs a little bit more spotlight. It needs a little bit more positivity. And I love that you guys are doing that. Can you talk a little bit about what airlines are specifically doing that you've noticed in the States that, uh, you know, the precautions that they're taking and the sort of the positivity around flying right now? Yeah, we will speak specifically about Southwest because and we are biased but they treat us really, really well. They take care of us as customers unconditionally. We've never had an issue um, as opposed to other airlines that we have flown. We, we tend to run into frequent, and I would even argue constant, schedule changes, just uh, hassles, poor customer service. But Southwest has delivered over and over and over again. Not, not that other airlines are inherently bad. It's just that we, we have flown Southwest 80 times to one to the mm-hmm. other airlines and that that level of frequency with no customer service issue speaks volumes yeah so uh specifically with southwest they they've remained strong keeping the middle 
row of their uh, three seat on each side planes open. They only board in groups of 10. So rather than, you know, having an entire group of say 20 to 60 people in line to board, they'll only board, you know, seats 51 through 60. Or it, for those of you that have flown Southwest here in the States, they don't have like a, you don't purchase a seat. You, you're in a group and then you get to pick your seat on the plane. So, so it actually probably panned out well for them because mm -hmm. they can, they can board in smaller groups. You know, everybody is masked up, social distancing, or I think, what do they call it now? Physical distancing. Yeah. Because they want you to physical continue to distancing. stay social. Yeah. Physical distancing <laughs> is exercised everywhere that the airports do a great job. You know, we, we would see people kind of sweeping and, and vacuuming a little bit anytime we would travel, but now there are people like, Constant. wiping down seats and I, we usually do like a quick restroom break and grab a big bottle of water every time we fly and uh so I, i've seen somebody at least one or two people in the bathroom cleaning uh they're they're always sanitizing the water fountains I, i've never used a water fountain in an airport but they're they're taking the extra precautions that that have been set forth by the cdc and other organizations the mm -hmm. world health organization and things like that so that's just some of it. Did I mention yeah. any of that? I flew Delta twice yeah, during Delta's the pandemic really and they did a really great job too. And I think that both of those and just airlines in general are doing a super awesome job of just continuing to, to keep everything clean and to reinforce safety. Um, I mean, they're just verbalizing all of the things that they're doing and they're really, you know, telling people, okay, you know, we're taking all these precautions to make you guys feel safe. And I think we were talking about it earlier. Uh, we just were reading an article that um, the cases that you're, that they're actually measured that go back to catching it on an airplane are so uncommon that you're more likely to get struck by lightning than you are to get COVID from an airplane. And so when we were reading this article, we were kind of laughing to ourselves because we were saying, you know, the airplanes are the cleanest they've ever been in all of travel right now. Like they never sanitize airplanes as much as they are right now. And so the fact that um, people are still so nervous to um, run into something on air, on an airplane or while traveling is, is kind of um, an interesting fear tactic we almost feel because it's, I mean, they're doing such a great job. They really are. Mm -hmm. Have you guys noticed that? flight prices and accommodation to the places that you're going to have, have dropped in price or remain the same? What have you noticed around that? I, I would say a small drop. So mm -hmm. I, uh, you know, it's difficult to say from our limited perspective because we're not shopping a ton of flights right now. When uh, there were times when I was shopping a ton of flights and I was handling bookings and, and travel plans for customers and clients or for our own trips we we're you know I, I do i do shopping throughout the year so i can see how prices ebb and flow and make sure that we get the best deal on our flights so i'm not actively doing that because we don't have a ton of travel planned but i i do believe that i've seen a slight drop in flights and and it all depends so if you if you understand how how airlines and it's all automated these days for the most part but if you understand how airlines price different flights, uh, you'll you'll see that the, it fluctuates. It's not always less, but it's not always more expensive. There are a lot of different factors, and so I'll give a couple of specific examples. the The flights that we have taken have all been very reasonably priced or slightly lower. However, I have seen extremely high rates. So especially the last minute deals. So that's normally where airlines are able to capture some extra revenue when people have to make a last minute change, they're willing to pay more. So those last minute flights are oftentimes more expensive on most airlines, but those, those rates have hiked a tiny bit just from my limited perspective. Um, the other thing is the, the airlines, although they are trying to get business, they, they can't continue to lose money. So rather than, rather than just continuing to drop the price, they're, they're changing routes. Mm -hmm. So for example, Southwest has opened up a lot of their direct flights, for example, from here to St. Louis. A month ago, it was Houston to Dallas to St. Louis. And that, I mean, that's like a 45 minute flight and then an hour flight. It's a very, very short flight, but they have since opened up direct from Houston to St. Louis, which is only a two hour flight. Mm -hmm. 
we, we also have a current flight booked to Memphis to visit family. And originally it was a direct flight, but now it's three connecting flights. Mm-hmm. And that, that ticket was purchased at a discount, but now it's like, uh, I don't even remember. I think it's Houston to Tallahassee to Atlanta to Memphis. Right. And, and that's what they have to do, unfortunately, or they, you know, they're already losing money. Most of the, most of the companies are, I don't know their current financials. They're already hemorrhaging. So they have to find ways to make things work. And I wasn't thrilled about the two hour flight turned into a six hour connecting flight, but our attitude about it is that's kind of, you know, we're doing our part to keep the airlines alive. Mm -hmm. I don't think Southwest is going to struggle past the pandemic. I think they'll be able to rebound, but there, there has been discussion about at least one of the major airlines filing bankruptcy. And that's never pretty. It's not something that we wish on any, any company, regardless of uh, how poor the service has been. Yeah. Let's get talking to about your experiences while traveling. And this can be present, past, whatever you want to draw from it. But I want to get through a different, a few different experiences that you two have had traveling together, starting with what's been the most rewarding travel experience together, whether it's uh, an interaction with a local or a destination that really blew you away. What's that moment together that you two were just one of your best travel experiences? You want to share? Yeah. So we, we there are so many. We have a ton, first of obviously. All. Yeah. None of them trumps the other. There's they're all so unique and mm-hmm. so wonderful. Yeah. And so we actually just were talking about a podcast about this topic, which is awesome that you guys are bringing this up. Um, but we actually had a really awesome experience in New Zealand where we were talking about. Um, with a couple who it was the day that we got engaged and we were staying at their house for um, an Airbnb and it was an Opononi and it was this beautiful Airbnb that overlooked this huge uh, harbor with these giant sand dunes and it was just gorgeous and they had a little hot tub there that overlooked it and so um, you know we got in and we were getting our stuff unpacked and the, the owner was talking to us and she she was like, Oh, you guys, you know, what have you guys been up to? And, you know, we told her the story about how we just come from, um, Carrie Carrie, which is where we actually got engaged. And she was so excited that her and her husband, you know, whatever plans that they had had that she just, you know, threw them out the window, went inside and grabbed a bottle of champagne from her freezer and they thawed it. And, you know, poured us a glass and sat out and they were like, get in the hot tub. You know, we're going to sit out here with you guys and just like, you know, talk to you and have a glass of champagne with you. And we ended up sitting there talking for, you know, three hours plus and we just talked you know, all night and they, you know, old married couple from New Zealand who told us all of these, you know, wonderful stories and advice about um, marriage and about things not to do and asked us about our life. And, you know, it was just such a human moment where you were just able to, even though you're strangers, super connect over, you know, the celebration of our engagement. And it was just such a special moment that we'll always remember um, almost as much as that day. I mean, it was just a, the perfect nightcap for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, that's and an awesome uh, I've got, experience. I've got one more quick story if you guys yeah, want. To hear absolutely. So we talk about New Zealand a lot and I, I feel bad because I, we belabor that point, but that two week trip was like a lifetime of experience. It was like five years of wonderful life experience packed into two years. It was just overwhelming and incredible. Uh, another trip we had though, it was, it was not like a trip that we planned on purpose. It was to Hawaii for my friend Mike's wedding. So he actually stood up in my wedding. I stood up in his wedding prior to that two years ago, I think, or maybe, maybe just over a year ago, two years, 2018. Mm -hmm. So they had their wedding on Maui Mm -hmm. Island in Hawaii in, uh, Kahului, right? Lahaina. (laughs) So Lahaina Mm -hmm. and, uh, Kahului is the airport. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So remembering all these details, we were in Maui and we were only there for a few days, four days, I think. Mm -hmm. So flew out there. Obviously Hawaii is beautiful from if you've never been there from what you've heard from other people it's it's gorgeous and there's just something about the island and the the feeling the culture you know you're on an island you look out on miles of water and then you see another island in the distance Mm -hmm. there's just something so cool about that 
so anyway, the, the experience that I remember that was fulfilling for me and, and Marissa might have a different experience is there were only 20 people there for Mike's wedding, give or take. And so we, we had the ceremony in this open air area. And as we all walked out, everybody from the hotel, from the hotel pool, like people just came out of the woodworks and gathered around the wedding ceremony. So this 20 person wedding turned into like a 400 person celebration. Yeah. The guy does the whole thing. It's like a five minute ceremony. He blows this conch shell. Mm -hmm. And then all of these people start cheering. And it was, it was just amazing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, some people have to go through so such incredible lengths to plan this trip or plan an event like that with two or 300 people and to get all the cheering and all the experience and all these things. But here's here are Taylor and Mike who they, they planned this wedding. They knew that not many people were going to come only 20 or 24, 25 people, close family members and friends show up. And then it gets to that moment and completely unexpectedly, all of these people are there celebrating. It was just amazing. Mm -hmm. So, so that was a wonderful experience, but then Marissa and I, we're not really gift givers. Like we love giving gifts if it, if it's significant, but we prefer to give experiences. So for Mike and Tay's wedding gifts, the day after the wedding, which I think was Saturday, mm -hmm. we drove the road to Ohana, road to the road to Hana. Yeah. So are you guys familiar with the road to Hana? No, we're not. It's the entire loop around the island of Maui. It takes about eight hours. Gotcha. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a nightmare. So I thought it would be a good idea. So I had a choice. I can rent a convertible or rent a Jeep. So I'm thinking Hawaii Island, beautiful weather. Let's get the convertible, right? Well, two things. Number one, the road to Hana is not a beautiful paved highway. It's like a rocky, the rockiest <laughs> side of a mountain, <laughs> side of a mountain, you know, hills. They don't, they don't keep it up. It's like dirt road most of the way and like terrible potholes, very narrow bridges. And also it rains a lot there. That's why they, their <laughs> symbol is the whole, is the rainbow or the, the symbol on the flag is the rainbow. So complete nightmare. Come, come to find out too. I learned this about my good friend, Mike. He's my oldest friend, by the way. He is terribly motion sick. So driving these windy roads in a convertible bouncing and it was just, it was a nightmare, but the, it, the irony and the humor is that it was so fulfilling. Like we just got to spend, eight hours together, beautiful countryside, you know, accomplishing that eight hour road trip and all the hiccups, <laughs> the hiccups and, and everything. It was, there, there was such like, there's a right in the middle of the, so halfway around the trip, you're on the other side of the Island in Hana. That's why they call it the road to Hana. It's this small little city on the other side. There's a little hut and this girl was selling Hana tonic, Hana tonic, which helps you, you know, not be motion sick. So inevitably, I'm, I'm sure everybody stops there to get the, the road sick medication. But anyway, that that whole experience was just so cool. And even though the road trip was like a terrible experience, it was still fulfilling and it was still fun and rewarding and, and something that we'll remember and joke about. Yeah. It helps you grow together when you have to overcome so many challenges and you can laugh about them. And we love travel, especially because it, it helps you really learn, like, you know, learn the deepest parts of people because when you're faced with those challenges or you're faced with like, you know, not knowing where you are or how to speak to anyone or anything like that, you really see that your true, you know, self come out and you really grow in those moments. And so I think that um, that's why we really enjoy travel and we push our friends to go on all these crazy travel adventures with us. Absolutely. And yeah, that's a great story. And we love Hawaii. It's uh one of our favorite destinations that we've been to and we can definitely uh em empath empathize with that because we drove around Kauai and it was very similar in, in that regards and we did choose the convertible and thankfully it didn't rain on us so that was uh <laughs> one positive from our trip but getting into more of your experiences and maybe that story uh you know qualifies for this next one but do you have an awkward embarrassing or hilarious travel experience that you'd want to share 
I think so. I think Marissa's eager to. <laughs> I have share. a good one. This is so basically, you know, we, we book a lot of flights and Mike is the oh, primary booker yeah. and he is so great at it. And he's so great at all the details. Um, and one time <laughs> we actually had booked a very, very late flight that left at like 12 a.m. It was, or yeah, 12 a.m. And, 12 and we were like, you know, all packed up, we're ready to go. And it said 12 a.m. on the 10th, for example. And so at like 8 p.m. on the 10th or 8 a.m. on the 10th, I get a notification that was like, hey, you know, we missed you, um, you know, for your flight. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought our flight was tonight at 12 a.m. She got a check-in notification or something. Yeah. yeah. And so then I started thinking about it and I was like, oh my gosh, no, it was literally this morning at 12 a.m. But, but I was oh. I was resolute and a thousand percent confident that I was right. I said, no, 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 no. It's tomorrow. It's tomorrow. It's blah, 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 blah. And so the best part is I called him and I was like, babe, uh, we have a problem. And so this is like when we first started dating. And so, you know, we're trying, we're like navigating things. And Mike literally, you know, that's all I said. I didn't say, you know, about the flight, about the trip, about anything. I just said, we have a problem. And so he was at work and he like calls and you he can was imagine like, the thoughts that went through my mind. He's like, when, what? <laughs> okay. I have a problem. Yes. A million things. A and million things. So basically the moral of the story is 12 a.m. is actually the day before that you have to go to the airport right. and check in. And so it was and it was really funky, too. It was like 12 a.m. on the 31st of yeah. the month. And uh, was it the 31st? I think it, it was, was it was like the the most odd combination of times and dates. And uh, it's probably not advisable to book a flight at midnight anyway. You know, yeah. there's so much that could go wrong. It could be delayed and then canceled for no reason. So mm -hmm. anyway, uh, it, it, thankfully, it was only a $350 mistake. mistake. <laughs> I'm sure we've had more expensive mistakes if I thought about it for a minute, but I just had one that came to mind. So yeah. anyway, uh, it was a funny, fun, funny learning experience. Um we, we don't fly that airline uh, anymore either because it they they didn't send out any like notifications, any email reminders other than the one that's like, hey, sorry you missed your flight. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you would have called us and told us, we would have been there. But, but. It, was, it was a good good learning experience for sure. And we, we laugh about it a lot because, you know, we book so many flights and we're always so meticulous. And how could we mess someone, you know, up like that? But my batting average hilarious. is still pretty high. Yeah. It is. My, it is. My, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. continuing along those lines, uh, you did mention that you, you've had a, an even more expensive mistake than that when traveling. Uh, maybe that qualifies for this next one. But we, we want to ask, you know, what's your worst travel experience to try to, uh, you know, prepare people that are listening to this to that maybe they can put some safeguards in place to help them prevent something like this. But that's my question to you. What is that worst travel experience that you two have had? So I, I have to preface this with, I don't think we've ever had a bad travel experience. Even when things have gone, and I mean that genuinely, even when things have gone terribly wrong, we've found a way to make it better. Silver lining. We've found the silver lining. And so the one story that, that comes to mind is, uh, so going back to New Zealand, the for some reason when we were planning the trip, I thought it would be wise to rent a car for like the first half of the trip and then the back half of the trip have the experience of taking a bus and being able to really see the countryside. So because while I was driving, I didn't really, and they drive on the other side of the road, by the way. So it was really like ultimately confusing. I, even in that 14 days, I never learned which side the turn signal and the windshield wipers <laughs> were on. I go to turn the corner and my windshield wipers would start going and <laughs> So anyway, the back half of the trip, we and, and by back half, I mean, we started on the North Island, went down to the South Island, and then uh, that was where our trip ended. So we flew from the South Island to Auckland and then back home. That was the, the summary of the trip. But the South Island is even more mountainous and rural than the North Island. And so we took a bus for three or four days. Uh we were because how much we had been going and going and going the first several days as soon as we hit that those comfortable seats on the bus we crashed <laughs> we were dead tired exhausted and the the 
guy that drove the bus was hilarious. Like he had really good jokes, but I don't remember any of them because I was basically in a coma. So, uh, so we were kind of regretful that the last half of the trip was basically just riding a bus. It wasn't really getting to see anything. It wasn't, you know, super memorable those, those three or four days. And it just, it just turned into us like stopping in a city, grabbing a quick workout and then catching our next bus or whatever. So, uh, so that being said, one of the, the errors that I made is like when, I, when we decided to make that our transportation method, I misjudged a destination. So we, we basically got off at a stop that was about 30 miles away from where we were staying. So there are two, two glaciers, in, two glacier towns, if you will, in the South Island, Franz Joseph Glacier and then Fox Glacier. I assumed because I, that's what, you know what happens when you assume. So <laughs> I assumed that Fox Glacier is right next to Franz Joseph. Turns out it's 30 miles away. I assumed that there would be transportation available and, and there wasn't because it's so rural down there. So we were basically stuck in Franz Joseph with lodging and a ticket to climb Fox Glacier. Uh, so lodging in Fox Glacier and a ticket to climb Fox Glacier and no transportation. Mm -hmm. So we had to cancel our Airbnb. We had to book a separate tour and find lodging in Franz Joseph. Everything went smoothly. We were able to get, I think, a full refund on our Airbnb. The, mm -hmm. the tenant was really, really great. And then uh, we ended up having to stay at a hostel in Franz Joseph. Not my not my ideal choice of a place to stay, but I was open to the experience. I had never done it. Marissa's had stayed at a hostel, and, and it was a really really great place. I think it was just the stigma that was stuck in my mind for for some odd reason. So so that was the the rough experience. We spent a few hours trying to figure out the logistics and wondering if we were gonna freeze to death outside somewhere in. New, and, New Zealand and, with no vehicle, no, no way to phone, rent a car. The phone didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> the phones didn't work. We didn't have signal. Yeah. So, uh, and, and by the way, everything closes at like five. Yeah. So wow. it was like daylight was ending. So we were kind of in a weird situation. We we found this really great hostel to stay at that gave us a great rate because we kind of do a last minute thing. And that experience turned into another really memorable experience. We had another awesome kind of interaction and conversation with this couple from Australia. Super, super fascinating couple. They were there with their two kids hiking the, what do they call it? The, uh, is it just the New Zealand Alps yeah, or something? Yeah, some kind of a trail through the New Zealand. This big trail, it's like a 24 mile or mm -hmm. 24 mile trail through the mountains. And uh, they live in a, in, eco-friendly village in Australia. It's mm -hmm. it's a very unique place where they're 100% sustainable. They they reuse and recycle everything within this community. Mm -hmm. And so we learned all about that. We had a really amazing conversation. I think that might have been the day or two. No, it was a few days after mm -hmm. our engagement. Yeah. So, so so we had champagne the few nights before. Uh he the, the gentleman of the couple decided to break out a bottle of scotch. Like old scotch. <laughs> I'm not a scotch drinker. I'm not really a, like a hard liquor drinker at all, but I choked it down because he was <laughs> we so celebrating. like, we, yeah, he's like, we got to celebrate. This is my 35 year old, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. and yeah. So, so again, you know, these, these experiences, we just kind of put on our, our optimistic hat and said, we're going to figure it out. You know, we can't just sit here it's going to make this experience terrible. We have to, we have no other choice other than make it good. And it turned out to be so memorable. And to this day, I still email with them. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're people that, we, yeah, like Mike said, we stay in contact with and we kind of alluded to it at the beginning, but every time we have an experience, whether it's good or bad, when you travel, it, you always make some kind of a, a, a memory that helps you change and grow as a person. And so I think that experience for sure taught us that, you know, even though I was probably a little more stressed than Mike was, I'm sure I was like, well, we're just going to sit out here on the side of the road all night. And but she does a great job of, of keeping you know, her stress and her anxiety to herself. <laughs> I don't know if she trusts me or she's like, well, my, you know, 
me freaking out is not going to help. So I'm just going to be quiet. For right. Me. And so I literally just like sat with our bags and was like, eh, he'll figure it out. <laughs> just waited, waited it out. But again, it just, it just helps you realize, you know, that everything works out, you know, all in all, and you're not going to, you know, nothing really, really terrible will, will happen. At least hasn't happened to us thus far while traveling. <laughs> so. And that's great to keep that perspective, especially when you're traveling. But it's also great to have that, you know, couple relationship when you go traveling to have somebody that you can lean on uh, when when need be. So my next question to you is what what are those pros in your relationship of being a couple that that is traveling together? What are those benefits in your particular relationship? So. 110 percent i'm gonna start this one because mike is the planner and i am not and so it makes me so happy that i can dream up some big fancy trip and just be like i want to go here and this might be fun and what about this thing could we fit this in and then i just hand him this big jumble and he magically puts all the details together so well and you know that we laugh about the new zealand thing because literally everything mike does is so detailed and thorough that we almost never have issues and so that is amazing for me because i hate really detailed planning i just want to be the trip dreamer and so um it's really awesome to have that kind of a a relationship as far as um, for the planning side, but also just like we were talking about for the emotional side, when I get stressed and when I get anxious about things, you know, not working out, Mike is very calm and cool and collected. And he's just like, okay, you know, very systematic. Okay. What's the next step? What do I need to do? And he can figure things out while I'm kind of a little more anxious. And so, um, I think that having that kind of a, an emotional dynamic during those situations is really helpful. Yeah. And I also think that we're, we're very fortunate and I would almost use the word lucky because um, I just think that we're, we're fortunate and we're blessed, but we are aligned on really big picture things. So although when we go travel, we get to do things that we like to do, like work out and, you know, see different sites and have great meals. It's, I think, the reason that we are able to do those things and enjoy those things together is because we're aligned on the more big picture things, less, less on the particular things. Like things don't have to go a certain way as long as fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, I don't care what we do today. As long as we're eating good food, I want to see something that I haven't seen before and, you know, do something I haven't done before. So we, it's, it's kind of like, um, we're, we're perfectly in sync but not on like the small minute details, like the, what we think are the big value things. You know, we, we love meeting people. So anytime we have a conversation with someone, it's always fruitful. Even if they're, even if I don't want to say, I was going to say, even if they're a weirdo, but you know, we're, we're weirdos. You yes. know, even if, even if the conversation is just really unusual and, you know, uh, I think most people can relate to, you know, there's, there's some good people watching out there in the world and mm -hmm. you'll just see things that are like way outside of your norm. And you're like, man, that, that is unusual. That, <laughs> that guy is rocking what he's doing right there. Um, you know, we, uh, I think we remain flexible for each other in that way. Mm -hmm. So even though in some arenas, we are very particular about things like Marissa doesn't like when I leave my shoes everywhere. <laughs> I don't know why it's just, you know, Sometimes I like my shoes easily accessible. And then, you know, I like when things are, you know, nice and folded and they smell good. And so sometimes Marissa doesn't like the sprays that I get or the scents that I get for the house. Uh, you know, we have those particular things, but, but when we go out and adventure, and that's why we, we kind of preach this as an element of our platform and, and to our community is when we adventure, we allow those particular things to go by the wayside and we focus on the the more impactful valuable things which are the experience the memories that we're going to develop the the experience that we get to build together mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and it's very similar to the way we operate too in in our relationship in terms of planning a trip and, and being aligned on those big picture ideas. Now, what about those difficulties when you two are traveling? What do you have any, uh, you know, times that you might, you know, might not quite uh, be on the same page in terms of those smaller things or 
Uh, anything like that that might be like a difficulty that you experience while on the road? Yeah, like Marissa said, I focus on all of the details and I, I think through everything forward, backwards, sideways, two to four times at least. And so be, because of that, I feel the burden of when anything goes outside of those details because then it interrupts the entire flow. You know, it's like an organ uh, organic chemistry project. You remove one ingredient and the whole experiment kind of goes by the wayside. So, the, and, and frankly, that's, that's something that I challenge myself to kind of develop out of because, you know, Marissa is a very open thinker and she, she loves the big picture experience. And if I'm over here getting upset about silly minor details, it doesn't serve either of us. So, so there are occasions, especially when we're running on fumes and we're just out like, you know, experiencing wherever we're at and I'm tired and she's excited and, you know, I get bogged down by the details we, uh, it might cause some challenges, but even still, I usually make a joke later that, you know, I'm super lucky that she puts up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that for me, just like Mike said, I exist in a chronic state of excitement. Um, if you guys know what the Enneagram is, I'm an, I'm an enthusiast or an Enneagram seven. And so my life is literally just like a big, exciting pool. And so I think a lot of the time that translates when we travel to me being like, I'm so excited to hike for 10 hours. And Mike's like, maybe three hours, like call, rain it back in. And so um, I really appreciate, you know, the balance that he gives me. Sometimes I'm, I wish that we could do more and more and more. But then again, I'm very thankful when I lay down at night that we didn't do that 10 hour hike because we have, you know, four or five other things we want to do the next days. And so he keeps me from doing too much. Um, but sometimes in the moment I might be a little bit, a little bit bitter that we didn't and, know. <laughs> and I want to share one more minor thing. So the way that Marissa and I view our life and our relationship is it's one big developing, uh, kind of project. So we, you know, where we exist today is just a season of our life and, and the ultimate vision. We have a very, very clear picture of our ultimate vision where we would like to be someday. And, you know, I think for a majority of our life together, we're going to be striving toward that goal and that vision, and it'll change, it'll develop, it'll, it'll be manipulated, if you will. So anytime we have a, a small uh, struggle, if you will, or a small challenge, it's, it's not a, it's not even a thing. It's not like, man, this is a monumental thing that we need to overcome. We both have a healthy view that if we if we have a challenge, it's just something that we are going to work through. Mm -hmm. So like if we have a communication challenge, that's what it is. It's a communication thing. We just need to learn how to communicate better. And, and if that doesn't work, then we'll learn how to change the circumstance of the situation so that the situation doesn't happen again. There's there's nothing um, there's no excuse. There's there's not like a an ongoing thing that that persists and that we aren't able to overcome it's mm -hmm. it's always just a, a hurdle a rock in the road an obstacle mm -hmm. you know some something that's going to be taken care of mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. yeah great and piggybacking off of what was just said there as well as the the pros that you guys mentioned about traveling as a couple and uh the difficulties that you might experience as a travel couple do you have any advice out there for couples that want to go traveling, whether it's the first time together, whether, you know, they're just looking for advice, any, any advice in terms of that? Yeah, I think that a lot of people are scared of, of travel because of the newness. And I think that in general, what my advice would be is uh, when you first start dating your partner, you're very excited because it's so brand new. Like you're learning facts about them. You're learning about how they operate. You're learning um, how to communicate with them and those kind of things. And so um, I feel like a lot of times when you're just in your day-to-day -day routine, you forget all of those new exciting things about your partner. And I think that it's a really cool thing when you get to go and travel with your partner because you learn so much more about them. Like I didn't know that Mike was as good of a swimmer as he was until we were scuba diving together. And I had to, you know, a collegiate swimmer that I am had to keep up with him. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe how well you, you can swim. And you know, we're not swimming in our day-to-day -day life. I would have never really known that. And so 
um, you know, th that's something basic, but even the new experiences that you have where you see something for the first time, or you try a food together, or um, those kind of things really grow your relationship in a way that you did when you were first starting to date. And I think if you continue to explore the world together as a couple, you'll never run out of those new experiences to have together. Yeah, and I, I'm hard pressed. So anytime I have the opportunity to uh, share like insider advice. I don't take that opportunity for granted. So I always go deep in thought and I'm like, man, I've got to deliver a home run here. <laughs> Something good. It's got to be really impactful. It's got to cover every base <laughs> and, and be significant. But I think what, what resonates with me in this moment is I, I think about all of the differences in, in maturity that I experienced throughout my life. And times when I was prepared for what I learned at the time or what I experienced at the time and like traveling with somebody for the first time, especially if like Marissa said, if it's a newer relationship or if it's an older relationship and you, you both get outside of your comfort zone and you see that side of that person that you've never seen before, it can, it could be abrasive. It, it could be a negative experience, but I think that if you maintain a, and I don't want to use these words because they're kind of buzzwords, but like an optimistic or a positive mindset more, more specifically, if you keep an attitude of like curiosity and learning mm -hmm. and accept that you're about to experience something that you've never experienced before, accept that, you know, you might see a side of your partner that you've never seen before. Mm -hmm. You know, this might take you guys forward in your relationship six, eight months in, in a weekend if you if you're open to receiving that, I think the the opportunity, the experience can only be fruitful. Mm -hmm. So that would be my advice. Just keeping a, you know, open whatever this means to you, you know, open mind, optimistic. I like to use uh, the words creative, curious, mm -hmm. uh, healthy attitude, you know, keep being prepared for what's about to happen, even though you can't really ultimately prepare for it all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent advice. And continuing on here, you know, in your story, we talked a bit about it at the top of the interview, but where does Two Fit Travelers, where does that start? And where did the idea come from to start this? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell that story. So <laughs> Marissa and I, when we started dating, you know, as we, we've talked about, we knew that travel was going to be a part of it. We talked about the, the freedom lifestyle that a lot of people talk about and, uh, we, we knew that we were going to do something online and figured, well, heck, if we're going to travel and we love fitness, that's kind of a niche that's not being explored in our sphere. So let's start a, a blog around it and let's start a website and all these different things. So our, our original business name was M&M Meanders. Terrible. Ter <laughs> terrible name. And uh, it was catchy, but the URL was M-M-M-E-Anders. It was That's like, it was a mouthful. It didn't really rhyme with anything, didn't go with anything. So thankfully, Marissa, she's great with coming up with like business names and things like that. So she came up with Two Fit Travelers immediately. And we couldn't believe that it was available, you know, on all of the different channels and the URL is available. So we just, we just ran with it. But to be honest, we, we really didn't have anything at the time to go behind it. It was just two fit travelers. It was catchy. And I didn't know much about, I had more traditional businesses before that. So I didn't really know much about the digital business, the digital marketing world or influencing at all. And, and back then, um, I think so. Romaru is one of our inspirations, and mm -hmm. they had just started traveling. Right. They had just started traveling full time. So there weren't that many couples that were like doing the full time travel thing or, you know, getting paid to travel and that, that sort of thing. But that was kind of the direction we were going. And, and so Marissa and I, we would talk about just developing this business and having this dream lifestyle and, I was, I was building, I was in a partnership building a company. So I wasn't really in the state of mind to build another company. And she was just starting out her career as a vet. And so we, we just had this kind of come to Jesus moment one night. And I said, look, if we're, uh, it wasn't a bad conversation. I just said, I kind of drew the line and said, if we're going to do this, we've got to do it right. Like I can't do something halfway. And, and Marissa was on the same page. She's like, absolutely. Let's do it. So we, we ran with the two fit travelers. And at that point is when we came up with a, like a, a mission and vision and a, 
uh, plan for the company, talked about revenue streams and actually had, you know, like our first official business meeting. And so that's kind of the process. What it, what it is today, because it's developed over time, is uh, we like to refer to our business as three separate elements. And so if you look at our business name, Two Fit Travelers, two refers to the relationship component of our platform. So it's more than one person. It's two people. It doesn't have to be marriage. It doesn't have to be even an intimate relationship. It can be with family. Or one, one element that we love to talk about is just meeting strangers mm -hmm. and developing a relationship out of thin air. The fit element refers to wellness, so comprehensive wellness. Sure, it refers to the things like exercise and nutrition, but it, it's more about living a healthy lifestyle and the, the practicality of that. And then the travelers element of our platform is all about adventure. And like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be air travel. It doesn't have to be international travel. It's just getting outside of your comfort zone. And that's the underlying theme with everything that we do. We just want to inspire people and we have, which is kind of why we turn into a business to live a better lifestyle, live a healthier lifestyle and, and get outside of their own way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so everything that we do surrounds, you know, that mission and that message, we have several products and services that we offer and, and really they, they all exist on a spectrum. I'm not going to go into a ton of detail about it, but they all exist on a spectrum of of kind of meeting someone where they're at in their quality of relationships, in their overall health and wellness, and their level of adventure and experiencing the world, and and help them take an, a step forward in any of those capacities. Yeah, yeah. So the biggest thing that we do and what we love is we, obviously we have our podcast, The Fit Travel Show, where we talk just like you guys to really awesome people who also value fitness and travel or one of those elements. Um, and then we, we also do a really cool service that we plan trips for people who want to maintain a healthy uh, lifestyle when they travel. So we'll plan a trip for them where we find destinations to work out, how to stay active outdoors, um, healthy nutrition, all of those things. And then we offer a couple of other services. We offer wellness coaching and then eventually a fitness retreat is in the works. But all of these kind of elements that we really just want people to know and to realize that you don't have to, um, you know, you're not doomed to get fat when you travel, because I think there's a big stigma that if you're traveling, you're just going to be eating unhealthy and being unhealthy and kind of, you know, beating yourself up. And we know so many couples and so many people who are not uh, pursuing that lifestyle. And so we want to, you know, kind of bring that to light. Yeah, I mean, it I love the thought behind the brand and uh, what you're doing over there with it. And it can be so hard to live that healthy lifestyle in our everyday lives with how busy we get. But then travel is a whole nother animal with, you, you know, wanting to eat the local food and experiment with food and really not having a lot of time to focus on our fitness, to focus on our wellness when we've got A, B and C to do throughout the day and it's go, go, go. So do you have any advice for somebody out there that's, you know, traveling, whether they're traveling long term, short term, but they want to still focus on their fitness, want to still focus on their wellness? How do they fit that in to their schedule while traveling? So uh, if you consider this is something we talk about a lot, but if you consider like you're starting a college degree and the first day of school, you have three new classes each of your teachers provides you a syllabus. So you have to read the syllabus. You have to understand what the class is about. You also have to do that first week of, you know, uh, coursework, all the, the readings, the assignments, and find out how to juggle that around, you know, whatever else you have on your plate. It can be really overwhelming at first, but once you get into a groove, it's a lot easier to kind of pick up, uh, you know, the pace. And I think it all comes to developing habits. So mm -hmm. what we what we preach, because it's not there's no easy science, you know, behind managing your health and wellness on the go. You have to develop the habits before you travel. So it doesn't make any sense to have terrible habits at home, and then you go out and travel. You go to an unfamiliar area. You don't know where anything is. You're probably on a budget, and you know, the only, the, the quick option is uh, like, you might not have a kitchen available. Mm -hmm. how, how can you expect to manage your habits well when you haven't done it prior? Mm -hmm. So when you establish your habits at home, 
then you're able to take those habits with you. And oftentimes it happens subconsciously. So when Marissa and I travel, there's very little planning that do, that we do for our meals and stuff. I mean, it, and, uh, it, it's kind of funny because that's an element of our platform that we are challenged with. So it doesn't come naturally for us to talk about how we eat and how we exercise because it's so ingrained into our daily life and our daily habits. It's, um, I, I used to, when I was bodybuilding, I used to use this as a, an explanation. It's, it's our expectation that we are going to fill in the blank, eat healthy, work out, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and thankfully we have other mechanisms too. Like, like I, because I've eaten so clean for so long, I try to eat sweets regularly. I try to have a glass of wine regularly, but I I'm wrecked the next day. Like I'm foggy or I'm sick to my stomach. And, and so that's, that's my only explanation at this point, because I've worked with clients and attempted to motivate them. But the only clients that were successful took the torch and ran with it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, so that's, that's my advice is find a way and we love helping with that, but find a way to establish the habits when everything is easy, i.e. right now when, you know, most of us are kind of stuck at home and we're not really free to do everything that we want to do, find a way to establish habits there so that when you do go, it's a lot easier to manage. And then when you, when you do have a cheap meal or you do have a drink or a sweet or whatever, it doesn't have that big of an impact on what you're trying to accomplish. And then my advice is kind of similar, but it goes along the lines with just planning. Like we, we don't really plan a ton of our trips. Sometimes we do, sometimes it's very structured. Sometimes it's not, but we do prepare, but we prepare and we prepare our workouts ahead of time. Most of the time, or we prepare like the time that we're going to work out. And so the same way that when you're traveling to, you know, Paris, you plan when you're going to go to the Eiffel tower, you plan when you're going to go to a gym. If you're going to go to a gym, if you're not going to go to a gym, do you have, you know, booty bands or resistance bands that Mm -hmm. you can like use in your hotel room, which is something that we do very often. It doesn't even have to be, you know, I planned this hour to work out. It can be, I have 20 minutes or I have a layover in the airport. I'm going to like you know, do some stretching and do some, um, quick, you know, high knees or something to get my heart rate up. And it can be as simple as that, but plan it into your day and make it a non-negotiable. I think, uh, we preach that a lot on our platform as well. It's just like, you have to set aside time to do it and people get so bogged down and, you know, it has to be two hours and I'm, you know, I need to need to really get into a workout or I need to, you know, take away from my travel time to do it. And I mean, we don't, we really you know, it's just something that we've always done every day on days that we don't do it. We feel, you know, crummy, like Mike said. And so it's just something that we, we definitely do. Just to bridge the gap a tiny bit. So we have, we, like we use the words plan, prepare. Um, They kind of contrast a little bit, but we, because we have done the things at home, we have developed kind of an arsenal Mm -hmm. that we can pull out of at any time. We have like a bag of you know, mental or virtual bag of stuff that we can dive into. And so we, the, the planning that we do do is minimal, like, okay, we know that on this trip, we're not going to have easy access to a gym. So we got to bring our band. So we have some resistance and Mm -hmm. we're going to be thinking creatively as we go, you know, not, not so much creating a a fine tuned detailed Mm -hmm. plan, like on paper, but having the expectation, like, okay, what is our schedule? tomorrow well where are we going to fit the workout in it's not like oh do i have time to work out it's like well it's it's either gonna be first thing in the morning or it's going to be around lunchtime if we take a break or it's going to be when we arrive back to our lodging in the evening Mm -hmm. um you know those types of things are kind of pre-programmed because we've established the habits long before we went on that trip Mm -hmm. incredible advice and something uh that we want to apply in our lives moving forward i know Natalie here's uh, really in tune with her fitness these days, and I need to kind of follow suit with that. But uh, when it comes down to everything, we've talked about travel, we've talked about relationships, we've talked about what you're doing, what you guys got going on over there at Two Fit Travelers. Do you have any more advice for that couple that maybe wants to pursue a lifestyle like yours, whether that is a travel lifestyle with your significant other or fitness while on the road? Any other advice that you'd want to close out the interview with? I would say do your research, be really honest about where you're at, you know, 
finances are obviously a part of the equation. So, um, and not just financially, but in your relationship where you're at and, um, man, I, I, I'm hard pressed to encourage anyone to live a lifestyle like ours specifically, you know, if they, if there are different elements of our lifestyle that they, they love and enjoy, I, I would hope that they would take that and make it their own. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause we, we tried to do that at one point and, and for a very, very short time kind of mimic what other people are doing, but it, it was kind of exhausting. It was, it, it was not fulfilling. And, uh, and so I would, I would encourage people to, you know, take, take what you, what resonates with you, leave what doesn't resonate with you and, um, and then make it your own and uh, put your own flavor behind it. That's good. Um, I think for me, the, the biggest thing is you have to have a partner that is on a similar wavelength as you. I, I see really often that people are in these relationships or in these um, like friendships even where they're trying really hard to uh, fit the friend or fit the partner to them. And they're like, this is what I want to do. And this is, you know, how I see things and this is how we're going to do things. And they have a terrible trip or a terrible experience because that person is not, you know, in, in sync with them. And so uh, I think that you really have to evaluate when you're trying to travel, when you're trying a new fitness routine, or when you're trying a relationship, you know, what things are you expecting from that, that trip or from your fitness goals or from your relationship, you have to really be, um, you know, upfront with yourself and you're upfront with, your partner of what your expectations are. There are certain trips that I would take with girlfriends that I probably wouldn't take with Mike, or there's um, certain fitness routines that I'm definitely going to do with, with girls that I'm not going to do with Mike. And it's just, it's something that you really have to be upfront about your expectations, or you're going to be set up to have a bad time. Um, and I think that the more that you're honest and upfront with those things, and you set those expectations up ahead of time, the more success, positivity, happiness, um, fulfillment you're going to have down the road because you were honest and you kind of talked that out. And I think that Mike and I have a lot of success in our trips because we really plan them out from the start. We really set our expectations out. And even when things kind of go off track, we know that we already have, okay, this is what we want to gain from this trip, or this is what we want to gain from this day set out ahead of time. So we can get moving back in the right direction. And an excellent way to close this interview with that advice. And there you have it, Marissa and Mike of Two Fit Travelers coming to you on the tra- the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to Marissa and Mike for joining us today. Thank you so much, guys, for taking the time out of your day. Of yeah, course. thank you, guys. We appreciate it. I just want to give the two of you the floor. Let our audience know where they can find you, Two Fit Travelers, and your podcast online. Yeah, absolutely. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcast hosting is available at the Fit Travel Show. And you can also find us on Instagram at the Two Fit Travelers or at our website, twofittravelers.com. Yep, at two, it's T-W-O, Fit Travelers Everywhere. Our website has most every resource or the Fit Travel Show. Mm-hmm. Thank you to all the listeners out there to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for listening into today's episode and bearing with us as we prepare for more episodes coming your way on a bi-weekly basis at this point. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is Mike Pletz and hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.